Hello, my name is Chance and you're listening to A Chance to Strive. I just want to say I really do appreciate you guys and this is actually episode 10. And I'll be completely honest, I was working on this episode. I did every other part but giving it a title. But I promise we'll go back towards the end and I'll give it like a short snippet clip and he won't tell me what and I'm going to edit. But yeah, I just want to say I'm very grateful for you guys. Um, I'm in episode 10, which is crazy because it feels like I just started doing this like yesterday, but then 10 episodes and it's just insane and something i don't normally share with you guys but i'm gonna say it anyways i've had my podcast ranked in multiple countries the united states itself being one of them which is sick like bro like i just started doing this i'm not i'm not good at this and also we're actually on ig live for the first half of it on my phone right but yeah so it's kind of like I don't know how, but I think like I randomly came in one day and Peter was like, did you know like your podcast was ranked like number 36 in the US? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that can't be wrote. I'm like, how could I, my, my podcast, like I just started doing this. I'm rookie at all this shit. And it's like, but now we're actually taking this somewhere. It's like the idea that I can be ranked, even if it's like for a few days that I was up there, just the idea that I made it there just means a lot to me. And you guys don't understand that. And it only is doing this well because you guys are actually tuning in. You guys are enjoying it. And this is the reason why I say I'm really grateful for y'all. Like, it's like, yes, I could have been doing other shit, but it's like, I chose to have a podcast about mental health. I could have chosen it to be about anything else. But I'm like, nah, this is what I generally care for. So we're going to make that shit happen. But yeah, I really appreciate you guys for that. But yeah, so I guess the title of this episode is Understanding and Understanding and Overthinking Plus IG Q&A. Dirty weird slash edition, bro. Huh? Y'all are not even ready for what's you about to come because I I looked at I looked through some of them, but then I couldn't even bring myself to pick because of how disgusting some of these questions are. So we're just gonna do a live where like I literally scrolling on my phone and I actually choose to talk to y'all about things and stuff like that. Okay, so the very first thing I gotta say is um when somebody's an overthinker, please understand like overthinking itself is not like a mental health issue. Like it's not it's not like an actual issue. <laughs> Like a lot of people was kind of like, oh, you think it's like an actual mental illness, but it's actually not. But it is like, other, but it is, yo, I just stumbled on my words so bad. But it is a symptom of other like mental health issues, like which is like anxiety. A lot of people who have anxiety will overthink, which is like something that will trigger like them like constantly being like on the edge and to the point where like they're almost not even breathing. And for the most part, there's actually just, there's two forms of, um, of overthinking. One of them is ruminating about the past which is kind of like you're constantly dwelling on things that happened, what could have gone better and how you could have possibly changed it. And then the other is worrying about the future. So in other words, pretty much like when you're overthinking, it's pretty much dwelling on things that you have no control over. Like if I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about something, a decision I have to make, that's not necessarily overthinking from the manner that we're speaking on it today. It's like, yeah, you're thinking a lot, but it's not overthinking. Like you're thinking like, yeah, you may think a little more than you should, but it's not the exact same shit. But yeah, it's like, I think that's why it's an issue and why a lot of people hate overthinking because a lot of the times you're dedicating your energy to shit that you have no control over, which is the whole reason why it's, you're, you're, over, you're overthinking about it. How much can you think about a situation that you have no fucking control over? It shouldn't be a long, it shouldn't be like a long thought in the first place, but people who overthink are literally obsessed with every single possibility that could be out there for any situation that they're in or any situation they deem might be possible down the line. But yeah, so it's this idea of like constantly replaying moments in their heads. And one thing like overthinkers will do, it's like the whole asking what if. Like what if this what if this happened? What if this would have happened? But if the person chose to do something else. But yeah, dating an overthinker or like being around an overthinker is a lot of work. But I don't think it's like an issue. I think it's just more about in this generation, one thing we notice that's like terrible is the fact that people just don't understand how to handle other people's emotions. Which is the whole reason why it's like anytime somebody dates an overthinking, they'll think it's like so much more work than dating somebody else. And it's like, yes, that's true. But somebody overthinks all they need is reassurance, bro. It's not that much work. Um, But yeah, so t one thing I have to say about overthinkers, nothing is ever a fucking surprise to them. Like overthinkers do not do not find themselves being surprised by an outcome because they've probably thought about that outcome. And they probably thought about all the outcomes that are probably like 10 times worse than that shit, which is sometimes a little questionable on why you think I'd be that bad of a person. But realistically, it's not their fault. Somebody doesn't sit there and think, oh, hey, I'm going to spend so much time thinking about some shit that I don't even want to think about. 
So yeah, a lot of the time somebody's overthinking, they don't have a choice. Not a lot of people enjoy dwelling on shit that they don't have control over. I know for a fact that I try my hardest not to do that shit. When I'm in love, that's a whole different question. We're going to talk about that in a later episode. But yeah, overthinkers are never played or anything like that. They're just disappointed. Like they knew the outcome was coming. And now the fact that you really did that shit is just like, wow. You know, like they they have friends, but they probably think of all the ways that their friends could possibly fuck them over. And I think the part that's even worse is when overthinkers have bad experiences, because then that is like the easiest trigger. Any little thing, they will constantly think that thing might happen. And then they're like, oh, if this happened, then there's no way something out, something that's worse possibly couldn't. But yeah, so one thing I say, like, if you are dating an overthinker or if you are friends with an overthinker, understand the fact that communication is going to be a very big thing for them. Even if they themselves aren't big on communication, it is something that they constantly need. One thing I was going to say was the reason why it's so important to constantly communicate with them is because it's like whether or not they care about it, it's something that they need. It's the only way to reassure them. Because it's not the it's not about a lack of trust. It's not about them not loving you. It's not about them not caring for you. Like, why would you possibly think this could be a possibility? The thing is, they don't want to think about that shit in the first place. It's not that they want to think about you hurting them. They don't. They love the fuck out of you. So why would they possibly want to think about that shit? Whether that's in friendships, relationships, and everything like that. The reason why a lot of people say, like, oh, I struggle, like, like it's a it's an issue that I overthink, is because they don't know how to stop those thoughts. And once you constantly keep thinking about something, you start you start expecting it to become your reality. And I think that's when the issue comes in. It's like somebody, let's just say like a girl always got cheated on, right? Like she would get cheated on over and over and over again. And then one day she finds the perfect guy. And it takes her time to realize he is the perfect guy, but she notices it. But even then, it will be impossible for her to stop those thoughts. It's like, yeah, the constant reassurance is one thing maybe that he was slacking on. But the fact that that is a possibility it will constantly be something that they think about. Like for overthinkers, it's literally this idea. I will constantly repeat this because I don't think people understand like just how bad overthinking is. Not like, oh, if you overthink, you're a bad person, but like just how much people like that deal with this, how much they actually have to struggle to try to manage that shit. Like, bro, you love somebody and you can't and you can't stop yourself from thinking about them cheating on you. Like that's a hard predicament to be in. I know it's like, oh, it's not fair to the other person, but it's also not fair to them. So if you're going to date somebody that's an overthinker, please understand, yes, it is baggage. It is baggage that a lot of people cannot handle. But that person will love the fuck out of you. I think being, dating an overthinker, is take, it takes work. It takes a lot of fucking work. But I don't think you're going to find anybody else that's going to love you as much as an overthinker will. I'm talking about in generalities, by the way, in generalities, because when you think about it, somebody chooses to lay down next to you, even in friendships or anything, right? Somebody chooses to stick by you for years, for months, even as they are struggling with something that constantly tells them not to trust you. Every single time they literally choose to put all of their instincts out the window, all of their thoughts out the window and tell themselves, I don't care what I am constantly thinking about. I know that this isn't the reality that I want to believe in. I want to believe this person cares for me. I want to believe this person loves me. Do you want to see how much work it is? Like, you you love somebody, but it's rare that you'll constantly, like, if you don't overthink and you love someone, it's rare that you're constantly sitting here and thinking about all the bad shit that they could have done. For the most part, regular people were blind to shit. We, we, dis, like, we dismiss the simplest shit that we should be paying attention to. An overthinker doesn't. So do you want to see how much work it takes for that person to see every little thing? And have every single possible thought about any situation and any outcome. But they still choose to stick by your side. And they still tell themselves, nah, this is the person I want to love. In my opinion, that is what you call unconditional love. This idea that you love somebody and you love them no matter what. No matter what outcome you may come into. No matter what situations you guys may come across together. I don't know, bro. Somebody that overthinks. I've dated... A few overthinkers. I don't think I've actually dated anybody that wasn't overthinking. But it's not a lot of work. What they need is constant reassurance. And one thing I'm going to say is consistency is something that matters to overthinkers. It matters a whole fucking lot. Because any change in your attitude, any change in how you treat them, any change, like change in general, is not something that they are easily able to grasp off rip. 
because the moment any little thing you do starts to change, they will they're like they're overthinking will trigger and they will start thinking about every possible reasons why you could have started you could have changed how you act. Literally, it could be something as simple as every single time you see one that friend, you hug them and you say, How is your day? But then this one time you see them, you hug them and you didn't say nothing at all. It may mean absolutely nothing to you. But to them, it means so much shit to the point where they can't even try to decipher it. Are they having a bad day? I hope they're doing okay. Wait, no. Do they not like me anymore? Is this like them trying to pull back? See how like when I'm saying these random questions, none of them like they don't really line up with each other. That's the whole reason why overthinking is such a bad thing to deal with. And when you come across people that deal with that shit and still try to and still choose to be around you day in and day out, please be appreciative of people like that. Please, please be appreciative of people like that. And like I was gonna randomly like go through like certain um I had this article which I thought was a pretty great one that I was reading. And it was pretty much saying like um how do you know like somebody is an overthinker? And there are like little signs of it, which is what I got some of my things for. Um right. An overthinker will constantly replay their mistakes. Like I was mainly the first half I was mainly focused on like the interaction portion, and now this is just an overthinker in general. They will constantly relive their mistakes. So if you are dating an overthinker or you're friends with an overthinker and they made a mistake or like they did something to you that they shouldn't have done. Just know that that issue is not going to be tossed out the door just because you chose to forgive them. They will feel bad about it because they are constantly going to replay that shit in their head. And then that's when the negative thoughts will kick in. Like, why would you do this? You ain't shit that I did out of that. Overthinking can be a positive thing at times because it's like, oh, you've seen something that you probably didn't want to see. But because you're constantly thinking about it, you had to accept it. And it ended up being the truth. And that's another thing I'll say. A lot of the times people overthink. People think like, oh, you're crazy. What are you talking about? What the fuck is you on? But half the time people overthink. The shit that they're being told that they're crazy for overthinking, they be spot on the whole entire fucking time. Which is the reason why it'll be like so hard for an overthinker to trust somebody after some shit like that happens. It's like... You're overthinking and you're like, oh, fuck. I shouldn't think about that. This isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true. And then the person you're dating, when you actually bring up those thoughts, and for an overthinker, a lot of the times, like, they'll bring up something that they're thinking about. It's not to blame you. It's literally just for them to set their mind at ease and actually speak to you about it. Because until they have a conversation about the situation, those thoughts are not going to go to the away. And until that is resolved and you can, like, truly, like, dive down and, like, talk to them and make sure, like, this is completely okay. We're good. They're still going to think about that shit 24-7. But yeah, so it's like people will like when they communicate that with their partners and I've dated with girls where it's like they've told me that I was completely different because of how I was able to like accept their feelings. And I didn't like I wasn't just dismissive of it. That is one thing. If you are if you have a friend that overthinks or if you have a partner that overthinks, never dismiss their thoughts when they're trying to communicate that shit with you. Do not be dismissive to their feelings because that is something that will tear somebody down. Somebody any, that will that will tear anybody down, and especially when you ask somebody who overthinks about that shit, who's going to constantly replay what it is that you said, the fact that you don't care about them, and all the sexual shit, it hits a little differently. And it's and I don't mean that shit in a good way. People overthink. That's one thing I I wanted to mention before. Like I'll probably like switch over to like the Q and A. <laughs> a lot of times, people who overthink in public, they will constantly wander off. Like, you ever see somebody and you're like, yo, you're always in your own little world. Well, they're always in their own little world because it's hard for them to focus on what's happening currently when their thoughts are running a thousand miles an hour. So, like, a lot of the times, like, they will miss out on interacting with people that they're with because they choose to be in their own, because they are stuck in their own little world in their head, which is the reason why, like, you will see certain, you know certain people do this, right? You'll be around them. But then all the time you will see them like randomly staring into space or like they'll randomly like zone out. A lot of the people who constantly do that shit, it's like, yeah, there are people who just happen and actually means nothing at all. It's not that they choose to constantly for people who overthink. It's not that they constantly choose to like not be in touch with the conversation at hand, what it is you guys are doing in the current moment. It's just the fact that at times like they really feel like they're stuck. And there are people who will purposely pull themselves away and try to, like, stay away from people because, like, they don't want to push that energy that they have onto anybody else because they know it's negative. That's not the issue. The issue is the fact that they don't know how to stop it. Um, And I'm going to talk about, I'm going to randomly like, go through, like, a few different ways to actually, like, just not, 
this has to stop your overthinking. But in my opinion, like, I know that there are certain things that are hard to get, right? Like, there are certain things you're not going to easily be able to solve. I think the very first part, if you are somebody who overthinks and you hate that shit and you want to stop it, the first thing you want to notice, you want to know what your triggers are. And that goes for any mental health issues that you're having, anything that you're dealing with that, like, involves your emotions. You want to know what is it that triggers me to get in, like, to get in this um, mindset where it's like, I'm just thinking about every single possible solution, even the shit that I have no control over. You want to know what your triggers are. When you know, once you know what your triggers are, you can try to find a better way to react to things. You can f- sit here and try to find better ways to deal with it. I think a lot of times, like we're so focused on why we're a certain way, which is the reason why a lot of people will end up like hating themselves for absolutely no fucking reason. They have their reasons, but I'm saying it's not valid reasons. Your goal, like you are, me- like you are made a certain way, right? Like you've grown up. And everything else that's gone along made you the way that you are currently. It doesn't mean that person is just who you are stuck for the rest of your life. But it does mean there are certain things that are just not going to change. Or there are certain things that are going to take time to change and you're going to have to be patient with it. And as you're patient with it, learning how to deal with it is the best thing you can do as you're trying to figure out how you like when you're trying to figure out how to stop it. Because I feel like a lot of people is kind of (sighs) like. You hate a certain part of you so much to the point where you don't actually think about how to manage it and you're only focusing on how to change it. And I think learning how to manage it first makes it a lot easier to start actually being able to like break the shit down. It's like, okay, the reason why I feel like it's easier to manage it, because once you are learning how to manage something that you are dealing with, it becomes easier for you to know how to stop it. Because if you know every little thing about something that you are, it makes it 10 times easier to change how you are. But a lot of people try to rush that process because you're impatient or because you just don't want to think about that shit. You just want to push it. You just want to put it like on toss it under the rag and you're chilling. There's another thing that I would think overthinkers should do, right? Challenging your own thoughts. So the thing is, when you're overthinking, logic does not matter. It is just a train of thoughts that are just from running. And the person is just pretty much spectating. They're just enjoying the show. They're not controlling none of their thoughts. It just happens and they're just like, fuck. This is just running at a thousand miles per hour. What you want to do is challenge your thoughts. And this is when you bring logic into it. If you're sitting here and you're telling, oh, maybe this person hates me. But then this is a person that's been a great friend to you for two, three years. But some little thing happened to the point where that's making you think that. Reassure yourself. I know that reassurance coming from somebody else is great. But when you're in overthinking, you can start reassuring yourself. That is the part where you're managing how you are currently before you're actually trying to change who you are as a person. Challenge your thoughts. This person can't possibly hate me. They showed up to my third. They showed up to my birthday party every single year since I was three. Every single time I need something, I call them. They pick up the phone. Start challenging your thoughts because, like I said, for people who overthink, they are simply spectating their thoughts. They're not in control of it. When you start being able to stop certain thoughts from going any further, that is a way to deal with it. So now instead of spending five, ten minutes thinking about this one little thing, you spent about 30 minutes reassuring yourself and now you're completely fine. Or maybe at least like it makes it a little easier to manage the rest of what you're dealing with. And the thing that I think like anybody should do in general is like scheduling time for reflection. Like taking time to this, putting time to the side to where you literally just focus on yourself and yourself only. And I think there that will mean a lot because a lot of times people are overthinking. It'll be based off like there are triggers to it. It's not like they are overthinking every single second of the day. But there are constant little triggers that they're dealing with. But I think when you're sitting there and you actually... This is time for reflection. This is time for me to think. It shows you what it's like to be in control of your own thoughts. And a lot of people don't get that when they overthink because they don't necessarily understand how to deal with it. And one thing I'll say is if you are dealing with something, please understand that there has been multiple research that's been done on it. There are multiple therapists that understand how to deal with it. And even if you don't want to go into therapy, at least make it a thing where it's like you you know everything about what you're dealing with. People overthink, I promise you, like for people that are anxious, that are dealing with depression, suicidal thoughts, please help yourself as much as you possibly can. Like search up this shit. Like if I was somebody that, like I'm not anxious. I don't overthink that much. But because I understand that I have to speak on an audience that was probably going to relate to that, I did my research so I could know a thing or two about it. You can look up these things and actually just sit there and read about it. I feel like people like 
you dedicate so much time doing so much shit for other people to show them that you love them, but you spend very little time on dedicating that shit to yourself. Like, how often do you sit there and you're like, mm, I want to show myself that I love me, so I'm going to do this for myself. But if you're with a partner or certain friends, you are constantly thinking about how you can show them that they are important to you. When are you going to become important to yourself? When are you going to be, when are you going to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I deserve to be loved. And until I can find somebody that's going to love me the way I want to be loved, I'm going to express that love to myself. The reason why it's like, I don't seem like I'm just left broken after certain relationships or situationships was because I know what I deserve. And as hurt that I am, that I'm not in that relationship no more, that I'm not, that I don't have that bond with that person, whether it's in a friendship or anything, it hurts having to let that person go. But the part that I'm not, but the part that I'm hurt over isn't the fact that I'm no longer going to have their love around. It's the fact that I know I'm not going to be able to express that love. And to me, the part that keeps me sane, that keeps me from tearing down 24 fucking seven, it's like the relationship ended, whether it was perfect or not, that person pretty much just told me that they are incapable of giving me the love that they know that I deserve. And why the fuck would I have an issue with that? Why would I have an issue with somebody walking out my life because they can't provide what I need? Walk the fuck out my life. As much as it hurts, it is the right thing to do. And I'm not going to chase that person. Because as much as I love you, I'm not settling. And the reason why I'm not settling is because I understand the type of love that I want. The type of love that I deserve. And when you start treating yourself a certain way and you start expressing that love that you want to yourself, you start realizing that it's not impossible. That you're not expecting too much. That you don't have to bring down your expectations. You don't have to bring down your standards. I think that's something like a lot of people do. Understand something, right? I've repeated this countless of times on social media. But I think it's because a lot of people that are truly amazing and are looking for somebody somebody else is amazing are constantly being told that you should pipe it down. I know this isn't about overthinking in general, but it is something that I have to say. A lot of the times where you're an amazing person that constantly works on yourself, because so many other people aren't on that same agenda, so many people don't really care about like their self-growth and like their personal gains like that much, they will sit here and tell you, you are expecting too much. Nobody's expecting this shit. Nobody can really bring you this. But if I'm able to bring everything to the table that I am expecting out of a person, how are you going to sit here and tell me that I'm asking for too much? If I can do every little thing that I'm expecting out of somebody, it's not too much. It's not unrealistic. If it was unrealistic, I wouldn't have been able to possibly provide that to anybody. But I am providing it to them day in and day out, and I'm being consistent. It's not something that's too hard to fucking manage. So please, love yourself and focus on what it is that you deserve. Because I promise you, the whole your expectations are too high shit is bullshit. Like, I get it's a little different when you start thinking about, like, materialistic things. Oh, I want a guy that's going to put five bands in my pockets every day. That right there is an issue. But if you're a woman who's capable of doing providing that to somebody else, I'm not going to say it's fucked up for you to expect the guy of anybody else. If you're a, bread, if you're a, if you're a breadwinner and you want to bury your breadwinner, like, bro, why, why can I? I can't sit here and tell you that's, that's, that's something you can't expect. If you want a motherfucker that's going to spoil you 24-7, but then you're going to spoil them 24-7. How is that too much? How is that unrealistic? It's not. If I'm doing it, why can't you? Like, there's nothing wrong with not being able to accept that shit. So focus on you and be able to dedicate that love to yourself. Take time for you. Like, you know how you take times on late nights to have your friends vent to you, right? And they spend hours venting to you. But then you're dealing, but whenever you're dealing with some shit, you try to sleep so you can ignore the issue. You don't sit there and dedicate time to focus on it. You know, why is that? Because we don't think we deserve the love that we give to other people, which is the reason why a lot of people will end up in relationships where they love somebody more than they love, when, where they love that person more than that person loves them. But then they will stay in that relationship because they don't care that they're giving an X amount of love to them. All they can think is, I don't deserve that. So whatever they're giving me, I will accept it because they're choosing to stick around. <laughs> Sadly, that's really how some fucking people think. But yeah, yeah, you want to learn like mindfulness skills, like you want to learn, you want to like know the little tips and tricks to like when you're overthinking, like, oh, if I start overthinking, I know if I take a deep breath, 
that is enough to calm me down. I know if I look at a picture of my niece, that is enough to calm me down. It's all about learning how you work. That is really it, in my opinion. Um, okay, so now this we're going to go like to the Q&A that I put up on IG. And then I think I, yeah, I got a lot of views on this. So there's a lot of questions that I know you guys are going to ask. Okay, so I pretty much was like, ask funny sexual questions or like topics to speak on. And I was like, if you guys give me this in like two hours... I add them to tomorrow's podcast and realistically I'm recording this like the whole next day. But that means like at least like the numbers stacked up for me. And pretty much we're just gonna run through them. So like I have I purposely did not look at a lot of these. So I'm like So that way both of us are looking at these at the exact same time. And some of these questions are like, would you rather? So when I do ask, I I don't care where you are if you're at home, just think about it and give you an answer and it will it'll almost feel like we're having a conversation. You feel me? God, we're gonna be interactive. Alright, somebody was like, You ever had a sneaky link? And they leave this shit at your house on purpose. I feel like that was some like ASMR thing or some shit like that. <laughs> but bro, the amount of times I've had a girl like randomly leave something at my house on purpose. And I know like the thing is, sometimes I literally see it happening. And I just don't even say shit. I'm like, you know what? I want you to come back anyways. You ain't have to do all this extra shit. But fuck it. We're going to let it slide. Bro, like I'm telling you like in the back of my... <laughs> Shit, what if somebody checks this one day while I go to the bathroom? Okay, right? So in the back of my bed, there's like this little zipper, like a little storage thing. You don't understand the amount of times I've had to like randomly leave somebody's underwear there. I don't know how like you put your clothes back on and you forget you had underwear. But, you know, I've had some people's thongs in the back of my shit. Um, I've had people leave shirts, leave bras. All things you would feel are not on you because you came with them. But then you left and you just didn't give a fuck. And I'm like, you know, okay, fuck it, fuck it. Bro, this girl left the empty box of tissue and then told me she needed to come back and get it. What the fuck do you need it for? And the thing is, I seen her purposely leaving it. Literally right before we leave, she blows her nose, right? And I'm like, why are you leaving your shit right there? You just blowed your nose. You're packing up your bag. Put your shit in the bag. I'm on my bed. I think I'm playing 2K. I'm seeing all this shit because I'm like, why are you taking like five minutes to put like two things in? I think she was literally like trying to, what's the best thing for me to leave and for him not to notice and for me to come back? Got it. We're going to leave a box of tissues. That's empty. And then she told me, oh, no, nah, I just wanted to refill it. Who refills a box of tissues when you bought that shit at the store? Where are you going to find those tissues again? You going to buy another box, empty it out. I was like, you know what, bro? The sex was pretty great. You know what? I'll give you a little pass for that. I let it come back. I let it come back. But the thing that's the most embarrassing, I won't. <laughs> okay, right? I guess I guess I had I just had a type during that little phase of that week or something. So I, I like two girls. And for some reason, they both had on hoop earrings. Didn't pay attention to none of that shit. And of course, both of them magically lost both of their earrings, left both of them. And I'm like, okay, you just didn't realize this little shit that kept on smacking your face. Every time you took a step, you left it. But I offered the wrong earrings to somebody. It was two of them. One of them was a circle shape and one of them was a little heart. But let's be completely honest. What the fuck was I going to focus on hoop earrings for? I don't care. <laughs> I'm not trying to date you. So realistically, I'm not trying to pay attention to all these little shit where it's kind of like... I like a girl with earrings, you know, like, no, that's almost like a girlfriend type thing. If you're sliding over and you know what you're sliding over for, that is all I'm going to be focused on. I'm not going to say I'm like, I'm going to treat you like a piece of meat. I'm going to respectfully make sure you're comfortable because like the more both of the more you enjoy this and the more comfortable you are, the better it is for me because I know whatever is going to happen is going to be a top tier. It's going to be way better than it could have been. But yeah, I offered this girl like, that was one, one of them was like bougie and shit right so i was like oh she's definitely going with the hard earrings but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't her. um i was like my fault i don't know where that came from that might have been my sister's but i was on campus so i don't know how why i even tried to say that shit why would my sister's earrings be at my dorm my school's like 45 minutes away and my sister's never visited my school but she don't know that so it worked fuck it and don't think i'm a liar but it's like I'm alive if there's a situation that's harmless and I don't want to tell the truth. I'm just being completely honest. Like I said, if it's harmless, I'm not going to sit here and break somebody's heart. Actually, she should she, she, she be okay. Uh, let's go on to the next one. If you had to, would you rather? Okay, if you had to, would you rather drink a gallon of period blood or a gallon of sperm? What? 
why did I just take off my headphones like I was going to hear it better? <laughs> but if you had to, would you rather drink a gallon of period blood or a gallon of sperm? Okay, right? So process of elimination. A gallon of sperm is going to be really hard to down. One, it's disgusting. Let's get, get that part out the way. I thought it was understandable by everybody. One, it's nasty as shit. Ladies, I know some of y'all... How do I put this in a nice way? I don't see me got swallowed and shit, but it's like, I'm a guy. I've never been intrigued by how it tasted and nothing like that. So the fact, yeah, that's just disgusting. But bro, trying to down a gallon of sperm, do you understand how thick that shit can be sometimes and the sliminess? That's not going to go down easy. And either one of them, I'm trying to process, I'm trying to get that shit out the way real quick. And wait, y'all said period blood. That's actually bad too. I, I grew up in a household of women. So shit like that, I know a little too much about it. And I know the fact that when we're talking about period blood, it's not just like regular blood. That's just very liquidated and shit like that. That's just much, very much of a liquid. Sometimes you'll have this like little thick shit in it. Like the little, uh, that's nasty too. That's like, bro, that would literally be like orange juice with pulp. And I like pulp, but God damn. Okay. Period blood. It is a gallon of period blood. What's the wildest thing a girl has ever asked you for sexually? Um, the wildest thing. Well, the weirdest. I'll start with the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing was a girl asking me to like rub her belly button. Like that was that was like her little G. Like her, that was like an extra G spot she just magically had. Like God was like, you know what? Let there be two. Let there be multiple of them. I, I don't really understand it, but I'm not going to lie to you. I was like 16 making out with this girl, and my like I just have my thumb rubbing. Her. It was just like the most awkward shit, but I did it. You know, like I'm I'm, I'm a very I'm a pleaser. So anything I got to do to please y'all, do it. When she told me that she was into that, it was the weirdest thing. It's like I'm caressing her body. You think I'm going further down, but no, nah, I'm just stopping at the belly button. and I'm just like twirling it around. And sometimes I give it. Okay. <laughs> okay. How to give head for the first time. Do you think I've given head for the first time? Is that why you're asking me? Okay. <laughs> okay. I might be serious. Okay. How to give head for the very first time. Um, I will say, wa just Watch. Like, I don't know if you're visual learning. I'm not telling like, honestly, bro, it's either if you watch that type of stuff, right? I would say go watch like some homemade videos where it's a little more realistic. I'm not going to sit here and send anybody to watch porn. And if you had a certain age, please do not do this until you're 18. That actually matters. A lot of people don't get this, but porn really does fuck you up. And people who have porn addictions, you don't understand how hard it becomes for them to be sexually aroused by actual luck, by an actual person, by physical touch. Because, and I think the reason for that is kind of like, I'm going to speak like I actually know this shit, but it's just part of it is common sense. Like at times when you make your brain so used to something, right? It's It starts to expect it. Like that's part of like an addiction. It's like you start to expect something. Like your brain is kind of like it's asking for it. And when you're telling your brain, hey, when, when you're constantly watching porn, watching porn and not doing anything with nobody else, all your brain is thinking, the only way I get sexually aroused is through a screen. This is the only way it happens. This is the only way it happens. So it becomes literally hard for like it becomes really hard for people who are addicted to porn to be a, to be like physically attracted to other people where it's kind of like oh me touching you is going to get my going to get my brain even if you like I enjoy it for people it just doesn't happen because your brain is expect like your brain responds to you it responds to your needs or like it asks for certain things and because it's so used to the only time I should be up or be, the only time I should be wet I guess for a woman is through a screen you don't want to do that shit if you're 18 plus this is what I'm suggesting you watch some homemade videos understand that porn is not real life it is not real life. A lot of people are like, y'all have these expectations sexually that are so like fucking weird and like it's it's not reasonable. Some of the expectations y'all have because all y'all do is watch porn. Understand that's just not realistic, right? Just watch some videos and try to replicate what the fuck you see. Um, I would say just do it with somebody who's like very understanding because a lot of guys can be dickheads and it's not even their fault. But if you're going to like. For your first time, I don't think you should try it on a guy that's that's a whore, you know? Like, you don't want to try it on a slut. Like, they've had too much experience. Like, you want to, you know, you want to find, like, a little beginner for yourself. Like, where it's kind of like, they don't have too much people to compare you to. So, it's like, even if you did a job to one person, that'd be like a two. That person may look at you and be like, yo, for your first time, it was a six. Like, it was pretty good. So, you want to you wanna do that. Twitter's a great place for that. I know, like, Mad has to be on Twitter. I think there's, like, Mad random pages for shit like that for some reason. I think, like, a lot of people download Twitter for that. I wasn't on Twitter for the illest minute. I didn't go back for that. I went back enough for social media. Okay. Is it wrong if me and him only connect when it comes to the nasty? 
Oh. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong if you and somebody can only connect sexually, but I think there's an issue if you guys are looking for anything more past that. Like, if you guys can only feel connected when you guys are, like, having sex, that's an issue. That is somebody who is not, that is somebody who's incapable of, like, mentally arousing you. Like, there's no reason why the only time you feel connected to me is when I'm actually connected to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's not a thing, bro. It's like... For somebody like that, those are great um, sex partners and shit like that. But how somebody you want to date? Why, why do you want to date somebody like that? Only that realistically, from what you're saying, the only times you guys connect is sexually. Why would you want to date somebody when all they have to bring to the table is dick? That you can you can find that somewhere else. You can find great sex where you can connect to somebody, and then still have like that emotional portion there still being like something that's fulfilled outside of sex. Um. Have you ever nutted in your mouth by accident? Have you ever nutted in your mouth by accident? How the fuck does that happen? Tell me, how do you nut on accident? Okay. You understand, like, you know when you're about to get to a certain moment, right? Like, how would I be like, huh, huh, but then I don't know what's about to happen? And one, how would you have to possibly do that for... The the answer is no. No, I've never done that. Would you rather finger or give head to a girl? Okay, that <laughs> Y'all give head and don't use your Y'all are childish. No <laughs> wonder why I got say y'all don't know what the fuck y'all are doing. Would you do a threesome with girls and be and be tied down to the bed? No, no thanks. The idea that I'm not in control and is for two people, bro, I'm all set. topic your partner wants constant validation isn't this a great question isn't this a topic we just spoke about if your partner constantly wants validation maybe it's because they're dealing with this thing that's called overthinking and it's something that literally makes somebody feel like they're being eaten alive half the time anyways so i know it's a lot for your partner to ask for validation but understand this right the amount of work it takes for you to validate them is nothing compared to how much that they have to deal with when they are having those thoughts. Like it may seem unreasonable, but somebody's choosing to be in a relationship to be with you, even though they know they are constantly dealing with that shit. The least you could do as somebody who, who's supposed to be with them, supposed to give a fuck about them. It's <laughs> probably just validate them, reassure them, constantly reassure them. Understand that, right? When you mean a lot to somebody, your words affect them in ways that you possibly couldn't even think of, even when they don't tell you. You may tell them something they may not seem like they really reacted to it. But when somebody loves you, everything, every little thing they do matters. But yeah, if your part, and the thing is, if your partner doesn't overthink and they just constantly need validation just because like they don't trust you and there is no overthinking, no nothing, then I don't think that's somebody you can possibly be with. Somebody who doesn't trust you or doesn't truly love you, nothing you do will ever validate them. Because <laughs> they don't believe in that shit in the first place The reason why they don't trust you is probably they don't believe you love them As much as you probably should So yeah, that's what we're going to go about that Who cheats more, women or men? Um Okay To be completely honest Like if I had to get like a straight up answer I'd probably say I think men cheat more than women But I think the only reason why we think Men cheat more than women is because women Don't get caught See the thing about men cheating is Men are dumb as shit like we will, like men will cheat, but then keep texting the girl. A woman will cheat, and she will, the, that dude will never hear from her ever again. He, he and but the thing is, like, men are just really bad at how they cheat because they just expect to get away with little lies, and I think they just forget the fact that um, half of the woman population could end up in the FBI if they really wanted to. When I'm like, I'm telling you, there's certain women that are just straight FBI's. Like, I, like my ex, one of my exes, I, I forgot what it was, but I think I met somebody at a party and I was like, yo, she looked not good. Me and my ex actually like, we're, one of my exes, like, we're really like cordial friends, like platonic and everything like that. No emotions, no nothing. I needed, like, it was at a club. I thought somebody was attractive. She tracked her down and gave me her Instagram and her Snapchat. That's federal. Bro, that's federal. That is an issue. The fact that you can just look at somebody and get all the information you need on them. And then we wonder why 
listen to me closely, and then we wonder why sometimes it's a little easy for serial killers to just track people down. That is why. Because if a girl that has no interest in shit like that is able to do it, I think a motherfucker dedicating to their whole life is able to get through that shit. That's also one thing I found like really bad, to be completely honest. Like when I would search up my name, the internet provides way too much fucking information about you. That is one thing I have to say. Like you search up your name, you'll find out shit that you even yourself forgot. Motherfuckers find out my home. Like people will be like, oh, my hometown. He went to this school. I'm like, how do y'all know about high school? I never even talk about my fucking high school. But if you search up your name, pretty like my graduation year will pop up. But bro, and then all the programs I've participated in, other speeches I've given. Some of you, some of the views on like past speeches I've given from like, I said I was about to say five years. I was in eighth grade. How was I? I don't know how old I was when I was in eighth grade. I think you know we're like 13, 14 ish. And I'm 22. Let's just say I'm 12, right? Let's just say I'm 12 for the point of it. 10 years later, right? Speeches I've done then. When I'll randomly go back to it, they will have more views than they had. And I'm like, how are y'all even finding this shit? And in fact, when y'all find out my government name, that's when I like, I was like, yeah, y'all are goaded. Famous birthdays put my, they put my government up there. And it's like the easiest thing to search up for like an influencer. Tips on women on how to give good men good head. Bro, just ask the dude. <laughs> like a lot of the questions y'all ask me, like for sec, like, how, like advice on like sexual shit. I've only gotten to a point where like I can actually answer these questions for y'all because I will ask the person that I'm doing shit with. Like, yeah, I can give you a little breakdown on how this shit works, but bro, just ask the motherfucker that's right in front of you. I can tell you what a lot of guys like. We like that little eye contact. We like a lot of shit where it doesn't even really feel good, but times we kind of just enjoy watching the show like watching you put in work and shit. You feel me? But yeah, just ask the dude. Every guy knows what they want sexually if they are sexually active. Please don't say my name if you see my questions. <laughs> Bro, I would never expose anybody after I've seen y'all questions. Um, tips for your first time. Just make sure the guy's very understanding of your first time. And your first time, please make it like a valid experience so that you'll remember. The thing a lot of people realize is like sex is really just a lot of physical shit. The intimacy part is what makes sex great. When you're sober, at least. When you're low lit, you don't really give a fuck about none of that shit. But yeah, it's like you want your first time to be intimate. Because I think a lot of people want their first time to matter. But I think, an, but a mistake a lot of people make when it's their first time, they think, oh, I do this with somebody and I'm going to have that person. Like you want to be able to like, like have it be an intimate experience where it's kind of like you get a little of the emotional side to it where it, it's a full experience. Like you're doing this for yourself, not because you want the guy to be somebody that cares about you 24 seven, none of that shit. Don't have too much, don't, much too, don't put too much faith and the person you're losing your virginity to sticking around. And I'm not going to lie to you. I've always like tried to step away from taking someone's virginity. And it's not that I have anything against a virgin. It's not that I'm like, oh, she might be bad at sex or anything like that. It's because I know what it, like that first time means for a lot of people. Like for people who have never had sex, they don't understand how like this hookup culture shit work. You feel me? So they will have so much expectations when their first time being like phenomenal. Oh, if it's his first time too, good luck. Because there's a great chance you only gain about like 10, 15 seconds of it. Just a heads up. But yeah, don't put too much, like don't attach your emotions too much to that person that you're going to have sex with. Because then if you're left there wondering like, what the fuck did I do? What's wrong with me? Was I bad? Like you don't want to put yourself in that predicament where that could possibly be some shit you have to focus on later down the line. <laughs> Would you rather eat the booties like groceries? I'm choosing to say that to, you know, just make it sound a little better. Or lick toes. Both are dirty as fuck. The fact that they're both dirty is disgusting, but let's be completely honest. If somebody gave you options on ass that's dirty in comparison to toes that's dirty, and you sit there and you tell me you have to possibly think... That's a fucking issue. Somebody's ass being dirty is probably from shit. Why would I want to lick somebody's shit? I'm not a bottom feeder. If y'all listen to Meg, you will understand where that reference comes from. Being a bottom feeder means you actually like, you know, you're at the bottom and you feed. So you eat, you eat a. But yeah, bro, that's, uh, I'm licking those souls. When do you think is a good age to have sex? <laughs> Whenever you feel ready, but I'll say like, don't rush it. I feel like, I'm going to give this one, like, what I'm expecting, like, for the future, like, my daughter and shit, right? All I know is I definitely do not want my daughter to have sex before the age 16. I'm not saying, like, oh, once she's 16, she can do it. But I'm being realistic. 
I think one thing a lot of parents don't do is they forget when they were children and they stop like being realistic. I just want to be able to prevent that or at least like trust her enough to that so that she makes that decision herself and listens. But I don't think I would want any do- like my daughter or anybody in my family that's a woman to have sex before like they're like 16 or something like that. Like I lost my virginity at a really young age. But after that happened, when I was really young, I wasn't really focused on that shit, bro. I was in middle school. Like, what was I really focused on sex for? Bro, like, all I knew, like, so, like, in my, in my like, um culture, there's a saying, right? It's an Haitian girl, right? L'école, lacai, l'église. The three L's. The three L's are pretty much what a young person can only go to as a Haitian, when you live in a Haitian household, right? L'école, that's school. Lacai, that's home. Legly, I ain't need to put the middle finger on up y'all, but Legly's, that don't sound realistic because the way I just set that up, right? Yeah, my fault. <laughs> um, and then church. Yeah, so it's pretty much home, school, church. And that is it. Those are the only shit that you are allowed. And and you may think it's a joke, but a lot of parents take that shit seriously. They're, like, especially with women, which is the one thing, like I really feel bad for a lot of women and I'm going to try my hardest not to make my daughter go through the exact same shit. But bro... Damn near any culture I know, people are so much stricter on women than guys. But then I'm like, I get it. That's the idea of protecting your daughter, your daughter herself. But see, it's like a lot of decisions people make, they don't think about it on a universal perspective, right? Why is there a 15-year-old trying to have sex with the 15-year-old daughter you're protecting? Let's see. Okay, I see how you set up your family. You let the boy do whatever he wants. But then you act really strict with your daughter. Let's let's think about what another family does. The same shit as you. They let their, their the the boy do anything he wants, but then the girl can't do shit. So the boy in that family, he has no limits to what the fuck he can do. So of course he's gonna try to do some shit with your daughter, and that's what everyone's trying to do. So now you have a lot of guys that are just out there and aware of a lot more shit at a really young age, and then you have a lot of women that you're trying to protect, right? And by protecting them, you're keeping a lot of information that they should know. And like if they were ever come across a certain person trying to do some shit for them to make a valid decision on what they want. But when every guy has that freedom at such a young age, you protecting your daughter doesn't really do shit. The reason for that being it's every other parent is looking at their son and daughters in the exact same manner. And the manner I'm going to give my son as much as as much freedom as he wants, but my daughter's going to get none of it. Are you aware of the fact that there are thousands of other boys out there? That are being treated the exact same way. Where they have that freedom to try to do shit that they want. It's fucked up. If everybody was just on the same level. With the same knowledge and everything like that. Maybe you could get your maybe you could get that daughter that you're trying to protect. To understand the reason why she probably shouldn't start having sex at a young age. Instead of just trying to prevent her from doing it. As a parent I think that's the issue. A lot of times we try to prevent people from shit. But the whole shit when they say like the truth sets you free. It applies to parenting too. A lot of the shit that you're going to try to protect your kids from, they're going to encounter it either way. And I'm sorry to any parent out there. <laughs> you are not the only thing that matters. And you are not the only thing that affects what your children does. Believe it or not. And I'm not saying whether this is true or not. This is um some research like a psychologist did. I remember I was looking at this, right? There was a study done. So a lot of the things like, so there's been multiple studies on like how parents like affect their children. And one of them was talking about the fact that like, yo, um, which one matters more? Like is, does a parent, is a parent more influential on how a kid turns out more than their friends? And a lot of, for the most part, whenever anybody hears that, if you're like a throwback person where like you're an old person, like the answer you're automatically looking to prove is right is clearly the parent matters more. But then there was this guy that did this research. Like he actually did an actual study on this. And it's been found that you're like, like, no matter how much a parent tries, like this was what he came down to, like his conclusion, right? No matter how much a parent tries to make their kids turn into someone at a certain point, it won't matter because their friends at a certain point will start being, will start being more involved in their development than you. Because if you don't have the greatest bond with your children, they're not talking to these one over seven, but some of my best friends, especially back when I was like a teenager and shit like that, I talked to them the whole day. I'm around them 24-7. How they speak, I will pick it up because I'm around them. What they do, if I'm constantly around them, I will start doing those exact same shit. When I get home, you tell me do this, do that, do this, and the third. But then a lot of decisions I'm making are coming straight from my friends. 
So please understand that shit. And now we're going to get back to this. Yo, I'm actually still able to give y'all this hour special. I did not think I was going to be able to do it, to be completely honest. Would you fuck me? <sighs> what? Would I fuck you? I don't know who you are. <laughs> y'all think I just look at a question like, would you fuck me? Yeah, most definitely. The way you ask that question, I'll definitely fuck you. It's great. No, like, I can't even tell what the fuck you look like. I'm ready to have my first. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I've had too many first time questions, bro. And it's like the same person constantly making sure I see it too. I appreciate that though. Do you like receiving or giving? Both of them. Well, I got picked. What the fuck? Have you ever experienced BDSM? To be completely honest, I know what that is. But I'm confusing it with another thing. And until I can confirm that, I'm not I'm just gonna what's your size? Why would I drop my <laughs> what? So you've seen the fact that I was asking questions and you generally thought to yourself, I'm going to ask him how big his dick is. You know why? Because he's going to answer it. Why would he not answer? He told us to give him questions. He's going to pick it. Bro, no, bro. Take back your worst ex who now. Okay, another question. Take back your worst ex who now has eight kids or spend the rest of your life single and celibate. I'm a virgin. What is sex? You think I'm taking back my worst ex? Fuck. Okay, I mean this in the most respectful manner, and um, a lot of people will probably know who it is that I'm speaking on. I'm not gonna. I was gonna. I would have dropped her initials, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a wholesome person and not do that shit. Fuck you. Like that is what I have to say to you. Fuck you. My worst ex. Fuck you. And it's like no bad blood between us, but until the end of time, I just understand that you are a terrible person. I hope you've gotten better, but this is still the version of you that I have. Don't worry. I don't think about you too much, so it ain't gonna affect you. I don't know what the fuck you up to. I don't know, bro. Boxes of briefs are free balling, and why for each? I think you should have just said, and why? Why are you giving me a choice and you're telling me to say why for every single one of them? That doesn't really make sense. That's not an or question. Um, box, okay, briefs are like, bro, I don't remember the last time I wore briefs. <laughs> so boxes it is. And free balling if I'm home and shit, it's like, why am I going to sit at home the whole entire time and get boxes dirty for no reason? And half the time I sit in my room, like I'm chilling, bro. Squirt. <laughs> my opinion on squirters. The first time a girl squirted on me, I got scared. I thought it was pee. <laughs> bro, I was like, I wasn't like very sexually experienced when I, when it happened. But was she? And she was a little older. Yeah, she even tried to talk to my brother at one point. That's how that, that gives you the idea of like the age difference, right? I didn't know what the fuck was happening. And like I thought you guys came with like a little warning for when y'all are squirting. Because y'all ask guys to give you warnings every single time we're about to finish. So I thought you guys would possibly give us one when he's just about to spray me with water. So I didn't know it. She told me she was that. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. I guess. Water squirts out, you know, that's nice. As we're doing it, like at one point, it was just going, and it it was it didn't stop right away. So I was kind of confused on what the fuck was I supposed to do. Like, do I keep going? Do I tell you good job? Do, do I do I? T <laughs> Let's just say I was stuck. I didn't know what the fuck to do. I just kept on going, but I wasn't very pleased with the fact that my bed was that wet. Like, I didn't know I needed a towel. Like, I thought it was just like, oh, I guess overly watered a little drip. But y'all actually meant to look. Which is ridiculous. Uh, fanny farts. How do you feel about them? Do you know what the fuck a fanny fart is? I'm imagining just a regular fart from your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that actually makes no sense. A fanny fart? Are you talking like when they're pussy farts? But your fanny is like your butt, so. That's yeah. my point. So is it just like a regular ass fart? So but there's no other types of fart, so why would you need to emphasize that part? Yeah, it's kind of redundant. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 just weird. Would you eat a girl's ass? I'm not a bottom feeder, but for my wife and the person that I love, there is nothing that is off limits, except for my exit. That should stay an exit the whole entire time and my whole entire life. Oh wait, don't you have to do like a prostate exam once you get in your thirties? It's like the 50s, 60s. Wait, is that late? I could have sworn some people talk about that a little earlier. 30s sounds very young. Like, what about like, <laughs> okay, I feel like somebody gets into like their 40s. I've definitely heard of somebody getting Maybe. into their 40s. They're just getting it. Wait, so like the doctor actually sticks like with. their hand all the, like in there. I think it's just a finger. 
But that's still very awkward. Yeah, I don't think they're checking like for something, it. right? Yeah, cancer. So that means, oh hell, I'm not <laughs> looking for my forties, bro. Somebody, bro, when you get your prostate shit for a guy, somebody's literally fingering your butt the very first time. Is well, if it is the very first time it's been touched, I'm not in nobody's business. You live your life how you want to live it. All right, all right, but but damn, there's certain people. It's like the first time that's like that's been an exit your whole life. And the first time somebody decides to go through, they decide to just fuck shit up in there. That's 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 a lot of work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope. Well, I I don't know if I have cancer, so I definitely want to check. Would you ra- would you rather have your toes sucked or your ass ate? My toes, I guess. Okay, I'm gonna expose myself. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I don't do the toes thing. But then me and a certain ex at a certain time, we were like, hey. We should spice it up. Because, like, that was... The thing is, when I'm dating somebody, the sex is literally, like, the last thing on my mind. But... Wait, the next... If I say this next part, then everybody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm going to skip that part. But let's just say we wanted a way to spice it up because we were having a lot of sex. And she was like, oh, toes suck. We both tried it on each other. I don't know why. But the thing is, it was weird. And I'm not going to hold you. I'm going to expose myself here, right? I'm going to expose myself. I found myself liking it, so I yanked my toes away. Because I know for a fact I should have not enjoyed it. <laughs> and I was just disappointed at the fact that I liked it. And I was like, what am I doing as a man? Just like, as, as, a, as a straight man, right? A heterosexual male. Laying on a bed with my leg extended for somebody to just have. It was just like, it was just like a weird experience for me. But I was like, yeah, nah, I'm good. It's a tough situation. Have you ever tasted your own cream? Why are you guys so obsessed with that? Like, is this a thing guys actually do to the point where, like, y'all are generally that intrigued? Like, is Chance doing it? Like, if anybody's doing it, Chance Drive is doing it. How do you make your girl stop being mad at you? Listen to what the fuck she's telling you. <laughs> Bro, a woman don't get mad at Like, if a woman gets mad at you, just listen to what she wants. And if your girl gets mad constantly and you don't know how to respond to it, or anybody in general, literally all you got to do is be like, when you get mad at me, what is it that you expect out of me? What is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do so that I can make sure we don't end up here 24-7? Tell me the little things I do that trigger you so that I can, I'm able to be there for you better than I've been doing so far. And I apologize for giving you, for treating you a way that you don't deserve. But I promise I'm going to do better because I know you deserve it. And if I'm going to be with you, I have to give you everything that you deserve. Because I wouldn't you want you, I wouldn't want you settling. Yeah, but if you say that to your girl and she's still mad at you, bro. I'll be very shook. The thing is, a lot of women are mad at you, but the one thing that literally stops them from being mad at you is just showing the fact that you understand the situation and that you're going to apply pressure and make sure it happens. Sensational. Would you ever pee in her mouth if she asks you to? Who Who's the she we're talking about? Like, is the she that we're talking... Like, this is actually a very interesting question. Would you pee in her mouth if she asked you? Are we talking about, like, is this she your girlfriend? Because if that's my girlfriend or wife, fucks no. Why would I pee in my wife's mouth? Or, like, why would I pee in my girl's mouth? And then have to kiss her those same lips? Yeah, that, that just doesn't really add up. I don't want it. Uh, if it's a sneaky link. If it's, like, sneaky link, that's just, like, a, if it's, like, a booty call, like, a one-time thing, she's like, ah, pee in my mouth. I'll be confused as shit, huh? What? Pee in my mouth. And I'm like, if, if I have it in me, I'm like, I'm going to say fuck it. But just know that after that part, nothing else is happening. Like, you're going to go to the bathroom. You're not touching nothing in my fuck. Actually, I don't think I'm going to trust her in my bathroom because I think, like, she might just try to use somebody, ran- like, some random person's toothbrush in there. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to put my family through that. I feel like that would be a very fucked up thing to do to my family. Yeah, nah, I wouldn't want to do that, bro. I'd have to hang her, like, some mouthwash real quick, bring her a cup. Like, I don't even want that shit being spit in my sink. What are your complete turnoffs and deal breakers during sex? Dating or sex-related? Uh, dating, something that I really don't like, somebody who just can't code switch. And I think, like, we're going to make this, like, our last question, and then I'm going to... Yo, we made it to 61 minutes. So, basically, this will end up being, like, I don't know, probably, like, close to 50 minutes. Actually, I have to try to get slightly over. Like, I want to make this, like, an actual hour premiere. Because I know I took a break midway through. But um, something that I really hate is kind of like in a partner when I'm like in general, not even sexually, 
I hate somebody that doesn't know how to code switch. Like for me, it's not like I'm saying like the person that I'm with has to like impress other people. Other people would say generally does not matter to me. But when you don't know how to code switch, like the whole like, I don't mean this word is like it stems from something really bad, which is why I kind of stray away from using it. But the word ghetto, right? If you think about how people use the word ghetto, y'all know what it actually meant. Y'all probably wouldn't. It's like, I don't know, especially for people of color and shit like that. Which is why I stray from that word. But, right, so somebody who's, like, constantly loud doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. I hate people like that, bro, because, like, I don't want to be around you. Like, I don't even have friends that are that way. And, like, I generally mean it. If you see me hang out, anybody you see me hang out with and they're like that, I promise you that is not a friend of mine. That is just an associate that I'm with that I have no other choice. But, bro, it's the weirdest. I don't, I hate that shit. It's, like, my biggest turnoff in a woman. Or somebody who is not understanding but claims to be. I feel like a lot of people, like, they'll be like, I'm an understanding person, you know? But then the moment you do some shit or you make a decision that they wouldn't make, they are incapable of seeing anything you're possibly fucking talking about. Understand this, right? To the motherfuckers that claim, I'm so understanding. Being understanding is being able to look at the situation from that person's perspective without none of your bullshit ideas being tossed in it. Because like... I had an ex, bro, and every single time we had a conversation or an argument about certain shit that I did or certain shit she did, you don't understand the amount of times I heard these words repeated in my head over and over again. But I wouldn't do that, so I just don't understand it. Like, how could you possibly do some shit like that? I would never do it. And I'm like, bro, of course you would never do it. You're not me. The conversation isn't to sit here and say whether you would do some shit like this or not. If I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong, and I'll acknowledge it. But when I'm trying to explain to you my my perspective and where I'm coming from, and all you keep on fucking telling me is, I can't possibly see a point of view because I'm just so fucking stuck in my head and I'm so close-minded, pisses me off. And then my, and, oh, um, and I'll take like the sexual part, my worst, like my turn off for sex, I don't like people that are quiet. And, like, I'm not talking about, like, oh, you got to, like, overly moan, that it is, that it that. But, like, bro, if we're doing something, like, I want you to tell me what it is that you want. Like, the low positions, you want shit like that. Like, when you communicate during sex, it's top tier. And a lot of people make it seem like it's some awkward shit. It's not. If I'm doing something and you want something else, that's not telling me I'm bad at what I'm doing. You're still telling me what you want because you trust that I could do it. Damn, that's a great way to look at that for y'all motherfuckers that are, like, too up in your ego. That is it. She's telling you what she wants because she's trusting you to be able to do that part. Alright. Alright, but and to be completely honest, this is the longest I've ever spoken for and it took up a whole lot of fucking work. But I did owe you guys this and this is my way of saying thank you for my tenth episode. We're gonna put ten more down and then twenty, thirty, forty, sixty, eighty, ninety, a hundred. We're gonna be doing a whole lot of these shits. And just so that y'all understand at what time I got up this early to do an hour premiere, bro. I woke up at like nine something and I got here around 10-ish. I am over here talking for an hour straight at 10 o'clock in the morning, bro. 10 to 11 o'clock in the morning. That just show, that should show y'all something. I know y'all say words don't mean shit. This is me putting my actions behind this shit so I can make sure y'all get a great episode. But I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I know it's a little long, but a lot of you guys were asking either for a live stream or an hour premiere. Um, I wasn't able to get you to live stream. I'll try to get you guys that next week or maybe like a few episodes down. So like we actually could plan it out and have a lot of people watching at the same time. So like, and we'd have like the chat on like chat live feature there on YouTube and everything. So I think I definitely want to do that. But thank you for tuning in and being part of the beginning of being part of like the beginning of this experience for me. It means a lot. And I'm going to take this shit far. The goal is one day to have to sit on a stage and have an audience listening to me like coming to buy tickets to hear what i have to say to ask me questions that is the goal and i promise you that shit's gonna happen a lot quicker than y'all think but yeah thank you very much for everything that you guys are doing i hope you're doing great whatever it is that you're doing like understand like I'm, when i say this shit i'm actually generally talking to you guys and i actually give a fuck hope you guys are proud i hope you guys are doing great and i just wanted to say something that i know a lot of people don't hear often is i'm proud of you and even if I don't know you, trust me, I have a reason to be proud of you. The fact that you're hearing me say this means you're here. And I'm pretty sure not every single one of you guys listening have an easy life. 
I know it's not all rainbows and roses. So the fact that you're here, especially if you're dealing with mental health issues and you're dealing with a whole bunch of bullshit at home, at school, and your personal life and shit like that, that's what I'm proud of you for. I'm proud of you because you kept on going. And that is the reason why I'm going to get a semicolon tattoo. Not because I've ever I've ever thought about killing myself or I've ever actually had that attempt. And for people who don't know what a semicolon tattoo is, so like as a semicolon is used, it's kind of like a way to stop a sentence. But then still continue the same idea. That's what a semicolon is. And what that represents for people who have almost like gone through suicide, that had those suicide attempts and stuff like that, suicidal thoughts. To them, it pretty much means like they got a second chance. Like you're a survivor. And the one thing I want to tell people is if that if you went through some shit like that, I hope you realize that you are the author of your own story. And I want you to keep it going. When I get that tattoo, I'll show y'all. It's for me to show my support to people. I know I haven't gone through it. I haven't gone through it. But it means a lot of, to people that are around me. And a lot of people have came across. And to be completely honest, this is about you guys too. I'm getting that tattoo to show y'all that I care about you. To anyone who's gone through that shit, it matters to me. Because I don't think anybody deserves to go through that shit. Especially not alone. So anybody who's fought that fault, I appreciate you for being here. And I want you to keep fighting. Keep writing your story. No matter how bad it gets, understand there's always a next chapter. It's up to you to make the best of it. And I'm out. Hope you guys subscribe to this. And if you guys are listening on platforms like Spotify or Apple Music, please download the episode because that actually means a lot to me. That's how podcasts get ranked. The more popular I get, the more that I'm able to do for you guys. And the better it makes my life. I like to think I do something positive for y'all. So let's do it for me too. Subscribe. All right. Peace out.